I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Like if you if your voice kind of like you know, trails off or whatever, well, you can hear it pretty good if you turn your head and really. Come you still hear it, like but you don't hear it as uh, as rich as crisp. As rich, it's not as it's like rich. The difference between talking like this and then talking like this, and then you can hear it better. Dave said it? there is no wine bottle opener, so I guess we're going to okay, have to smash that later. open. <laughs> you guys have it later. Just crack it open. Try and saber it. Have it later. Uh, I don't think you can saber a wine bottle, but why not? Because, uh, of the, because uh, the pressure, yeah, and also because of the setup of the cork. So, like the cork that's in a wine bottle is inside the bottle, whereas a cork that's in a champagne bottle is half out, half in. Oh, really? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, look, yeah, you can see it right here. So, so that little mushroom. But right. when you the saber, <laughs> when you saber a champagne bottle, you're not cutting the glass. It's true. Yeah, you're, you're, you're actually just, no. It's true. You're, you're actually connecting you, with the. You're utilizing. No, the cork. You, no, you cut the glass. You're utilizing the pressure of the I bottle. I saw it happen twice, it does, it, like a week ago. It does ago. cut the glass. Yeah. It perfectly slices the glass top off. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Estelle, have you ever sabered a champagne bottle? No. Um, neither have I. <laughs> and we're off to a great start today, ladies and gentlemen. Should we open up the this phones the, to yeah, some the, people who have sabered? <laughs> yeah, we're going to go to the phones uh, and... Ring, 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 ring. We're just going to wait ring. for the phone. <laughs> ring, ring, wait for the phone ring. to ring. Uh, hello? Hello. Hi. Uh, uh, am I actually live on the show right You're now? You're live on the show. Why don't you Sorry, hit us I, with your sabering experience there, anonymous caller? I thought, you were, I, thought I was live. One time it was... You uh, were doing the ring. I thought I was the caller. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. See, now this is a perfect example of not yes and... <laughs> Yes, and yeah, and. yeah. You just destroyed the yeah, potential of that. I stopped it right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Um, I'm actually. The, I think Estelle, it's great to have you here today. Um, and Estelle's the one thing, our caller. One, you're not a caller. You're here in the flesh. A lot. It's what they call it. A live caller. Yeah. Yeah. She's living, sitting here. <laughs> um, well, anyway, what I was going to say is that the one thing that we we all have in common <gasps> is that we're all yoga teachers. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. our common. Thread. The one thing that we all don't have in common is that we are not all male. That's mm. right, too. Yeah. You're a female. <laughs> yep. What else? What else do we? What else do we have? What else do we have and not have in common <laughs> as a foursome of people? I don't have a beard. You don't have a beard. I don't uh, have a beard. Here's I, one. Here's one. Are your are your toenails painted? Uh-huh. So are mine. So that you so and I. Share oh yeah, because you had a pedicure. Right. I just yeah. had a pedicure, and it's fifty-fifty split there. Well, actually, no. It's seventy-five percent of this. 
people in this room have probably had a pedicure in the last month, and twenty five percent haven't. You had a pedicure in the last month? Yeah. Why do you Dude, assume? How good why, is it? Wait, why do you assume yeah. it's Brian that had the pedicure? Uh, well, Brian said, brought it up. Yeah, <laughs> I think you know that assuming is not a good practice. Can we say this? All right, we're off to a real weird start, but I want to just actually talk about this for a second. Did you actually get a pedicure? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Did you get like the full treatment? No, I I heard you say yesterday. Actually, you said um, you were taught you were telling a pedicure story. I don't know to somebody, and you mentioned like. You were like, "Oh no, I wanted like the the person who was giving you the pedicure assumed that you didn't want the the they, painting. They were going to give me the the in quotations man pedicure, yeah, which mm-hmm. doesn't include <clears throat> uh, color like you know nail polish again. Yeah. But but I, but I think that might have also not included a couple of other things. Yeah. But I said to them, "No, no, no, I want the I want the the uh, I guess the I mean I was going to say the real pedicure, but like." The pedicure that you would generally give a woman if they came in. So I so I go with um, I go with Maddie when I go. Yeah. And I've gone uh, two or three times now, and uh, I'm not surprised. And it's a great experience. It is, but I'm always a little it's bit a great jealous because experience. jealous because we're sitting side by side, and like they always they like give me like the male experience, mm-hmm. and they give her the female experience. And while I don't necessarily like, I'm not so much like you, Jeremy, that I want like my toes painted a certain color. But like it seems like they just kind of half ass it like a little bit just because, because I'm they, like a guy. Well they know they, mm. they, they think that your expectations are far <laughs> lower. They're like they're not they're they think that your expectations of what your toes what you want your toes to look like is is far less than than, than a woman's they or get, than your girlfriend's. They gave me the full treatment and I will say this. There was one part of it that made me a little bit queasy. What right. was it? What part? So, uh, Estelle, have you ever gotten a, a, a pedicure from Spirit Spa? No, not from Spirit. All right, it's just right up the street. It's like right around the corner from here. And um, you might be familiar with this, but they pull out this little tool. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's oh, like, it's, I know it's it. A, it is a sand, it's like a sand sander, mm-hmm. an electric sander. Um, and it's like maybe like, you know, whatever, like a really fine grit. And so they turn on. It's like a. It's like yeah. a mm-hmm. almost a, a, a electric toothbrush where it's like. No. And then they touch your nails with that. <clears throat> no, no, they don't. They actually don't. It's actually quite nice. What they do is they 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 rub it along the bottom of your foot. So they're going. Oh, that sounds nice. Did you see all the dry skin? Now. Now, Stop this fucking lady <laughs> is wearing a mask. So aggressive. She's wearing this mask, and thankfully, she is wearing a mask. Because the amount of dead skin that is blasting off of my foot, and I don't even have dry, I don't even have dry feet. I've got like these supple, beautiful, rich, if you dare say so, delicate yourself. feet. If I do say so myself, and but even on my feet, she's she's going, and it's this fine like dust of skin going off into the air, and I'm I can smell it. Oh. I can smell it. Oh, and I'm, and then, that's like, so foul. It's pretty. It's pretty gnar- gnarly. And I'm looking at her. You and I'm can going, smell it. That means you're just inhaling your your dude, dust skin. She's wearing a mask, and I'm going. I have CF. I'm a, no, no. I'm okay with this. I'm going. I, this is my own toe. This is my own like t- fucking toe jam skin. That you've I'm got. Cool. That you've got a bacteria but kicking I'm, around in. I'm sitting next to this like young lady who's also getting her feet done and I'm just look turning to the side going dude you're breathing in my feet and there's like a visible there's a visible mist in the air yeah. it's you can 
You can taste it. <laughs> no, it's it is, dry. Is it dry? It is the weirdest it, thing in the world. Is it tart? But no one, like everyone's just like, yeah, whatever. Like, See, like it's not a fucking big thing. I'm, I'm like a, I'm a pedicure rookie, so like I, I've been a couple times now, but like I don't really know like the full in and out experience. Uh, Full everything about the entire experience. We should go together. There is a unique tool that I've seen though, and it's this one's arguably grosser than the uh, t- than the foot grinder that you're de- describing. It's uh, a it's like a, a potato peeler. <coughs> oh, yeah. Have you had the potato peeler? Nope. No. Yes. Oh, this? Come on. You- oh, <laughs> potato peeler, yeah, dude. I don't know. It, Estelle, do you I think have. the potato peeler is gross? <clears throat> No, I get many pedicures. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, guys. They take your heel and they just yeah, look up the and they take the potato peeler to your heel and they just go <clears throat> and, and, and literally like chunks, chunks of skin chunks. are just going what? boom, 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 like flying off. And like no. I, I identify with you, Jerry. Like I'm like, my feet aren't that bad. Like, no, I they think are. The bottom, nope, they are. That's why they use the potato peeler. Sure. Yeah, yeah. They didn't bring up the industrial sander like they did for your feet, but uh, I can't believe this whole conversation started because of my nails. Yeah, they're they're quite beautiful though. They are actually quite. uh, Are those uh, gels? Yep. Yep. I know what. (laughs) Dude, Jeremy. They're my little treat. They're my little treat. What are they? What do you? What is a gel? Gels. It's a a certain type of nail. (laughs) (laughs) I I know. I know what's up. I know what's up with nail stuff. I've never seen you use. Uh, I'll show you guys. It's actually called so the the color of my toes right now is called stargasm. Ooh. Quite nice. <laughs> stargasm. I love that. Yeah, she did a good job. It's very uh, so. That was my Christmas gift. Uh, was a, a, a pedicure. Did yeah. they shave your toes? Oh yeah, dude. She 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 pulls out all the cuticles, like pushes them back and <laughs> buzzes the bottom of my foot. But man, no, but there's some men the they take like a whole bag with and they're hanging out like this, and yeah. then you take her and no more hair on your hands. That's right. Oh, really? Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you. I do if I didn't have hair on my hands. It's a delicate treat. It's a delicate, delicate treat. And, you have uh, no hand hair. No, I don't have any hand hair. I don't have any body hair. I'm a, a hairless, hairless, slick, slick man. Um, Jer, uh, <laughs> can, I, can I ask you how much it costs for your pedicure? I have no idea because it was a gift. It was a gift. I only get $6 I think uh, it was somewhere around in Asia. I think it was somewhere around the ballpark of like... Uh, three thousand somewhere around there. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I usually pay around anywhere between three and did four. You, when you said thousand. thirty, did you just pick out the number of your house and say that <laughs> my house is three thousand? <laughs> yeah. No. Oh my god, that's yeah. my. Wait, whoa, we can't say that. <laughs> that's your address. Fuck no, 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 no. We can't. Oh, we gotta cut, someone, someone's going to come to Halifax and look up all the houses in the city that are three. <laughs> Either there's like one, and it's my house. Also, I'm pretty positive you can just Google your Jeremy's address. And it'll come up. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, Estelle, this is uh, not the way we generally start the podcast, <laughs> uh, but let's. This is a perfect uh, segue, actually, into uh, what we're going to talk about today, um, because I don't think there's any other segue due to the way that we started this. So this is as perfect as any other. Uh, Estelle, we're this is this is one of those like unique episodes where we're speaking to someone who isn't uh, sick, or if you are sick and I don't know, we're not going to be speaking about that. I'm not sick. Yeah, not well, that I know of. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Stay that way. <laughs> uh, but we're going to be talking about, um, I, I guess we're going to be talking about grief but for the most part. That would be what I would assume is like the the overall subject matter of what we're talking about. Yeah. But, but sure nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody I wants to. Especially, especially. 
especially <clears throat> nobody wants to talk about it when it comes to grieving the loss of a uh, a very young child, which is your your experience. That's right. Yeah, it's pretty. Um, it's pretty like apparent here in the in the room. Like when almost mm. like that that like awkwardness of us trying to get into the conversation. Yeah, like if it's somebody who who. Like, for example, we recorded two episodes yesterday and, like, one of the people was living with breast cancer and they walked in the room. It's like, okay, so here's the guest. Here's what Mm -hmm. they have. Let's start talking about it. And it just happened so easily. But then when it's something like... We're going to talk about the death of your child. But before we do, let's talk about pedicures. (laughs) (laughs) Because hopefully pedicures will make us feel more comfortable so that we can actually get to the topic. But I I do think, honestly, I think that it is almost apparent (laughs) in, like, the... I think it's a challenging thing. Like, I've, I've never personally spoken to somebody in depth about their experience in dealing with um, losing a child. So And you think, and we know each other. Yeah. We do. You just said that. Yeah. You literally just said that. Yeah. And we know yeah. you. Yeah. We all like you know, you said I was teaching Taylor, he was like twelve years old. No, just kidding. Yeah, you, <laughs> That's not even true. He was like You've been all of our yoga instructor. Like you've been mm-hmm. we've known you for we've known you for for a like nine years. A decade yeah. almost, yeah. 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 So let's let's take it back then. Like let's let's talk about um, let's talk about where do you where do you want to start? Well, um, I'm here. I'm happy to be here and talking about grief because, yeah. and I think that's how I reached out to you in the first place. Like mm-hmm. I emailed you. I'm like, I think <clears throat> I think people that listen to Sick Boy would really kind of mm-hmm. love hearing what I have to say, and you know how yeah. And you're really so, vo- you're really vocal about. <clears throat> about your experience. I feel I'm like a self-titled grief ambassador. You know, like yeah. I, I, I've, yeah. I, I, I read a lot of your, a lot of your posts and, and you, you've been, you've really been, I think a, a, a beacon of, of light for a lot of people that are, that are going through a similar issue or ha- or have gone through a, an issue in the past, but didn't have maybe someone, uh, that was sort of speaking out loud about these, about this like really tough thing. And, uh, you, you bring what, what I read, what I read when I read your posts, um, about Tommy, which, you know, we'll, we'll get, we'll get into, into Tommy and, and you've all met Tommy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's right. And <laughs> what I hear is this is, is you really navigating through your experience, the experience of losing Tommy, <coughs> uh, and finding all these like really great lessons, but also acknowledging that it's like in- incredibly challenging and like there's good, ba- good days and there's bad days and there's days where it seems like the worst thing ever. And there's things where it's where you, where you can, where you can take a lesson that serves you a purpose and that can serve a lot of people a purpose. And it's really, I don't know, it's, it's always, it's always really, uh, really heartwarming to, to read those posts and to see how you, how you go about navigating that. Uh, well, I think so much, but what I think what I learned is like, I kept grief warm in a way. Like, um, you know, when Tommy died was like, um, I really saw it as like an initiation almost. Um, Mm. Like a, I don't know, like a crossover, which is really like, you know, a transition, uh, you know, going from my old life to my Mm. a new life, you know? And I think that's what I wrote about. Like, um, and what Taylor's talking about, um, you know, right after Tommy passed, I started writing these posts and which, you know, I called the grief project. I didn't know that was the grief project at the time, but, um, but I just knew that writing made me feel better. Um, mm-hmm. so I just kept, you know, doing it. Um, 
and I used to do, I mean, back four years ago, I used to do it like every day. Um, and, and yeah, in a way, like now I look back at like four years, it's like a stack and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. I've like, I've studied death, yeah, <laughs> you know, I've studied yeah. death and, uh, and, uh, I, sorry, I just, because you said like people, like after, let's say like six months of me writing this, like people would come like kind of reach out and I was like, holy, like people are actually reading this. And, um, and I realized like it wasn't, I wasn't just speaking to, let's say like bereaved mothers or people that have lost, you know, a close person. Like I was speaking to like people that were going like through cancer or people that had mm-hmm. a chronic illness mm-hmm. or people that were trying to have a baby or people like all, like we all experience grief Um at one level or another, another, like every yeah. day, but we don't like culturally and not just culturally, but like, what do you guys think when you think about the word grief? Cause I know it, it took us like a really long time to get into it. And it's almost like that word. Like, what do you guys think? Like right off the bat, like for, grief for me, like right off the bat, yeah. I, I just think sadness, dark, yeah. like yeah. depressed. It's heavy, it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's heavy. I, I just, and um, <laughs> for me, it's like really visceral. Like I almost just picture like, like darkness closing in type of thing but uh, you know what I learned is the root of uh, grief is gravity and it's grave it's like gravos Ooh. and it's like it pulls you down just the word itself right. like pulls you down yeah, yeah interesting I mean I like I the we, I've never really actually thought about like what I what I what comes to mind when I think of the word grief but just right there and saying that like it, it an obstacle like it seems like this insurmountable obstacle like Mount Everest mm. wow. to me is grief. You know, it's like mm. insurmountable. That's an interesting word to use. Mm. I I think the the first thing that comes to mind when I when you just asked that because I've never I've never really thought about it, but it was instantaneous, and I thought of process mm. when I thought of the word grief mm. in the way that in the way that sort of like how I kind of how I kind of introed what you're what you're doing on with your with how you were writing about Tommy is that there's that there's a process and there's ebbs and flows and yeah. and and it fluctuates and changes and sometimes it's positive and sometimes it's negative and yeah. um, what can you um, tell us about Tommy? Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. for people who don't know, like because we're the way we're speaking about it is we're very familiar. Yeah, um, for for people who have have never met you, don't know who you are, don't know anything about Tommy. Let's let's take it back a little. Sure. Um, well, my name's Estelle, <laughs> and I'm a yoga teacher and I'm a visual artist as well. And uh, I married this hunk of a guy. He and is a he hunk. Is a hunk. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and, uh, and we had Isaiah, our firstborn. Um, <clears throat> and, and then really early after, like, I, I was pregnant with Tommy. Like, Isaiah was, like, three months old. Like, it was crazy. They were going to be, like, 13 they months were, apart. Yeah, right? I, yeah. yeah for, for a second there, I was thinking that they were almost, that they were born in the same, that they were born yeah. in the same calendar. Well, yeah, um, I like, Pretty much almost. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then, but Tommy was born premature. So he was born at 26 weeks. Um, and actually, I was thinking about this because I don't know if you remember this, but I went to a yoga class at Chanti like that Thursday and you and Kyla were there. I don't know if it's you or Kyla that taught the class, but I was in class and I was pregnant and I was like, 
something's not right. Did you, did you know like, you were pregnant or you didn't know? Yeah, yeah. I was 26 weeks at that point. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. But I was, and I remember you teaching me when I was pregnant and you were like freaked out. Oh, you were yeah. like, I don't know what to do. I see a pregnant, <laughs> woman, I see, I see a pregnant woman on the street and I just, yeah. I, I cross to the other side of the street. Yeah, like, <laughs> and then I walk to home. It's a phobia of chairs. Yeah, yeah, pregnant right. He's scared of pregnant yeah. women. But, like, um, I guess I'm, curi- I'm curious to know though, actually, like, cause, uh, so you, you, you got pregnant with Tommy so quickly. Were, did, were you like, did you pump out a Zan and be like, another one, let's go right no, now? No, like, no, no, okay. it was so like it was an accident. Like a, yeah, right, yeah, okay, here was, we go. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, and I didn't know. And apparently you're too, like I thought, like, a, you know, you nurse and that would be a contraception. Wrong. Oh, really? <laughs> like, wrong. <laughs> Are you not supposed to get pregnant that fast? Like the um, doctors say, actually, like. Uh, like we were all like freaking out because obviously like you know I had an infant and um but you know in the old times like there was lots of, you know they called them like Irish twins oh, and yeah. all that so yeah. it wasn't yeah. yeah I mean people were yeah. pumping out babies like it was uh, yeah I think it was like on average everyone had like 13 or 14 <laughs> children yeah they're having yeah. a baby once a month every yeah, yeah. It's like a yeah. new yeah. litter is born every spring, right? And anyway, you know, I didn't mind. I was like, okay, then it's done. You know, then 20, 26 weeks. What's full term for 40? 40. So, okay. uh, and third trimester is 28 weeks. Yeah. So okay. isn't it like, don't they say is 23 weeks? Like the, Oh my God. Like 23 the, is like, that's like probably the minimum. The, yes. I think like there is. And also I think that's the last point which they'll do. You can have an abortion, like that's a late yeah, abortion. I, I don't know the literature on that, but there's I know a, like there's 23. A, there's a radio. Minimum what though? What, what do we say? Minimum, minimum 23 so, weeks. Sorry, there's, there's a radio lab episode, I think, about 23 weeks, which is, I think it's 23 weeks, um, but I, I don't know for sure. That and it's, your baby uh, can still be viable. I think that's up the limit. Oh, the yeah. time of viability. Yeah, yeah. I okay. believe so. But yeah. there's a really interesting, don't take it from me. So Tommy, to so Tommy was episode. So Tommy was born at twenty. He was born at twenty six weeks, and I remember I went to class like on, and I was like looking at myself in the mirror, and I, whether you were, ta- I don't, I forget. I was like, I gotta leave like right now, and I never, like I never, and I, I left, and I remember oh, like Kyla or even you after said, um, yeah, probably Kyla, but she was like. Um, oh my God, you were in labor. And I was like, yes, I was in labor. It must have been Kyle because um, I, re- I would remember. remember. I, would, I, would, I would remember being like, holy shit. Were, uh, I still uh, left she went to go give birth. But <laughs> well, anyway, so I gave, so that was, yeah, that was, you know, I had an emergency C section. But that early on, like, that early on, do you, do you break? Like, did your water break? I just started having contractions. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you have, like, what, what is when your water breaks? What is that? What? What do you mean? What, like you know, it's so like, oh, amniotic. my water broke. Oh, it's the amni- It's like the water, the fluid, the amniotic. So like do, you fluid. Even, do you even have amniotic fluid? Oh yeah, at, at that early, like oh yeah. Weeks? Oh my god, yes. Did it flow yeah. out of you, like in class? Uh, you just like piss all over. No, the floor? no, no. <laughs> well, it's not. You know, your water can break at the beginning or at the end or in the middle. Like it, there's oh. no like yeah, yeah. Oh, it doesn't. Oh, oh okay. Oh, so yeah. it's not always like right. So that's a that. myth that that means. Oh my you're god, that's a myth, you guys. Yes. I What do you mean, you guys? I've never had a. Baby. I have a phobia of babies. <laughs> of course, I don't know. So, <laughs> wait, wait. Birthing 101. Are we sure? Are we sure? So why is every yeah. single fucking movie, show, yeah. movie okay, ever you. like, my water broke? No. And then it's like, oh, you're the baby. No, oh, like 5% of the time, yeah, the water can break, but probably won't. Um, and actually with that, I say my water broke like right before I pushed him out. 
Okay. Oh, so you're right. like already, <clears throat> you're already very much in the process. Oh yeah. <clears throat> okay. This is also. This might sound like an insensitive question, but Shoot, it's not. No, no. If you are having a baby that early, mm-hmm. all right, whether your water broke or not, yeah. um, is it? Does the baby come out a lot faster because it's so small? Um, it was a C-section. It would be different. For oh, it was a C-section. Sure, it was. Right. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, the thing could you actually, have that? Could you, could you have oh, vaginally yes, birthed? Absolutely, him? yeah. Um, but we got so we basically got to hospital, um, and his little foot was like right so like right there, right where like out, <laughs> right out of you. Yeah, and so they oh, were like, and I was like, oh my god, he's like he's coming Why like, didn't right they pull now. Out of your vagina, um, then? They can't do. It'd be, be too like it's a breach. Too much um, of a yeah. crazy wait, ride. Which well, was wait, a thin. You, you could see the foot? No. Well, yeah, on the screen, not like okay, through Okay, it me. wasn't like yeah. coming out, yeah. not out of it. Okay. This is... Whoa. I came to talk about grief, not I never changing. I know. I know. And, and I'm just like... Yeah, let's just... So but I like, keep the questions, though. So <laughs> Sick Boy Podcast will be right back after this word from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. What were the issues with Tom with Tommy? Oh my god. So anyway, so he was born and uh it's so funny to look back because we actually had no idea what was like kind of in front of us, but um but yeah, so he was in NICU and he got like really sick. So I basically I couldn't hold him. Um and um he was two pounds, which is like a pretty it's a pretty, pretty small. good it's small. It's actually a pretty good size for twenty six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um and but he got really sick. He got like sepsis, like global sepsis, which is like a full infection. And he got like bleeds in his brain. And he got, oh. I mean, so much. I mean, I can't remember it at all. But um, is this it all, was this really is all really due bad to the fact that he just he came born, into our world yes. a little too quick, yes, or a lot too quick, yes. And so all of that, when that happens, it just, it poses all of these Well, not just that. Like, think about, like, that's on, right. Like, his lungs aren't developed. Like, I think lungs right. take up to, like, 35 weeks to be fully developed. And, right. Um, right. And, like, his heart, they have, he had something in his heart at, at some point. And, um, and so you know, do, they, him, do they try to, like... Um, like in the outside world, when that happens, do they do they take the baby and try to try to as best as we can right now with the technology that we have try to like emulate um, life within the womb? Yeah, for- that's what the incubator is, I believe. Yeah, and then I did like later on, I did a lot. They call it like can- kangaroo care, so you just put the baby on your chest. So I did a lot of that mm. after that. Um, but initially, like literally, I think we had. Like uh, we were in NICU for like three and a half months. And I think two times like the doctor sat us down and be like, they'd be like, I don't know. Like Mm -hmm. they they call it the compassion talk, I think, where um, they're like, we don't think your your child's going to have a good quality of life. But basically you want to pull the plug. 
and wow. the two times were like, no, let's that keep you going. I mean, I'm saying this like it's nothing. It wasn't nothing at the time at all. But um, you had that yeah. conversation you know, twice. Twice, yeah, yeah. twice. Yeah. I mean, one at the a- very beginning where they're like, so basically, the chance of him having like cerebral palsy or like any other issues, like they didn't know. And that, that's the other thing is like they don't know. Mm-hmm. Like another baby that's born in 26 weeks could do like really great. Um, right. But when then, they're telling you this stuff, do they? Yeah, do they do they say it in a very like unbiased neutral way of going like it's totally up to you or are they going we we suggest you take this route because a b c and d um i think they paint the big pictures like they they're really good at like being like you know this is going to be a lot of care like they can't they can't know at the same time which is kind of like and then I remember like Scott and I would always be like what would you do if it's your child <laughs> like and they yeah. you know they get all like can't tell you that you know yeah, um, yeah. yeah they have to remove so themselves. so anyways but anyway I'm telling you guys this because <laughs> just so you know how like how sick he was you know yeah. and I I think I couldn't hold him until like 17 days and when I did I was like oh my god um so yeah I mean that time was like such a blur um and actually a little fun thing. I was thinking about that today because I knew I was going to see you guys. But it was during the time like the studios were splitting up. Do you remember mm. that? And all that, that shit, 11, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember of, like going to yoga drama. Yeah, yoga on. drama. Yeah. But, and I mean, it was really like affecting everyone. And I was like back in NICU and I was like, guys. This does not matter. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you know, like family up here, like yoga drama down here, yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, and you really like, I really got to see. I mean, like, looking back now, like I became a, like an advocate for my child, mm-hmm. and I really had to like find my voice and just be like, okay, yes, you can do this. No, you can't do this. And then, um, it is, yeah, it is kind of wild though to think um, about how how. You know what you're what you're describing right now. What you went through with, with Tommy is like quite easily. If anyone else put themselves in their in your shoes, they would go that that's that would be by far and away the most intense moment of my entire life. And you're going through this thing that like exists in this bubble, which is like the you know the the floor that you are that that you that you are constantly visiting every day, the floor that Tommy's on, like the the NICU unit. And that is your fucking world. Yeah. Yet Mm. the entire world outside of that just continues on. Yeah, yeah, that was really wild. And, you know, like things are happening, but like... That was really, really wild. Every It's such such tunnel vision. Everything else just shuts off. Yeah, and I think now, I think the IWK, like you can sleep there, but back Mm -hmm. then you can sleep. So like you're like driving home every night. And like, can you imagine? I had an eight-month-old too. Like at the time, I had my baby You live a bit of a ways out of the city. Yeah, so we're out in the, we're out in Cow Bay and... Um, but you know, so anyway, so we went through NICU and, mm. uh, and then after that, like, I mean, he, because he was so susceptible to like being sick and all that. So we were back, um, just because he was born so early and basically didn't have any like immunity. <laughs> um, so we were back for like bronchitis and, um, you know, um, uh, pneumonia, pneumonia, and like we we'd be back. I love like, and then, pneumonia. I know it's my I'm, French. I'm, I was like trying to find the word. Yeah. I um, will now and then, forever and always <laughs> say I've got 
the pneumonia. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know if you guys have ever had somebody come here, but um, Tommy had a shunt in his brain. Mm. So he had a shunt that would take his um, cerebro, cerebral spinal fluid. Thank you. And um, so the first surgery had it down the tube down to his belly. But because he had been so sick when he was a, uh, a baby, um, his belly would just like get like really distended. Yeah. yeah. So um, I was there every week. Like we pull it off. So then they were like, okay, well, this is not working. So then the last operation, the shunt was going into his heart. Um, and that's when the last year, like he was, he had been like really thriving. Um, you know, uh, that was really kind of working out for him and we weren't going to the hospital so very much. Yeah. So he got, he got out of NICU yeah. and, and, um, how long, how long was Tommy alive for? He, he, he was uh, two and a half years old. Two and yeah. Half years old. And I just, I want to say this too, because we're. I really want to talk about grief, but I was going through grief when I was in NICU. I was going to say, I I was going to say like, uh, and before I guess we get any further, like with that first experience in like going through that, the the really like traumatic premature birth and, and like trying to deal with the fact that you have an eight month old at home and, um, the not knowing about the future of, of how Tommy was going to be, um, what was your f- initial experience with grief like and how did you how did you handle and, that? Well, I didn't know it at the time, but really like a lot of people don't see like basically I was like the life that I was supposed to have. Like I was supposed to just be a yoga teacher, like have two kids, like live happily ever after, you know. And there I was like in freaking NICU and surrounded by neurologists and this and that. And I was like, you know, what what's going on? Um, and I think a lot of a lot of us don't see grief as like, you know, the the grieving the life I was supposed to have. Mm. You know, do you guys ever have that? Like, mm. it was like, like to be no, but it was supposed to be like that, and like it's not. You mm-hmm. know, like if you think of like going through a separation, like in a relationship, or like, but no, like I was supposed to marry this person, or like, you know, it's like the idea of this life, you were the vision of it that you had. Mm. You know, I had this and I was vision like, of being <clears throat> a uh, like an. Uh, <laughs> A uh, uh, pro wrestler, and uh, you grieve the. Uh, you I just grieve the, the fact that I'm CF, and I was like, "Well, I, I can't gain any more than 130 pounds." So. I, I, I know what you mean, though, in the sense that, like, I, in a, in a, and I guess a more trivial way in relation, like when my parents separated when I was 15, I had <coughs> I'd gone the first 15 years of my life um, thinking like, "Oh, we're like." the perfect average family, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. we have, uh, um, a modest house and m- my dad works and my mom's a stay at home mom and, you know, two kids in our family and, and things were, you know, as picture perfect as they could yeah. be at that time in our life. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, my parents got divorced mm-hmm. and it was like, Oh wait, like yeah. that, but that, that and that I just want to go back that to that word. Like for you, that was like your mini initiation, like, you know, like right. it's, it was basically like you had to somehow cross over from your old life that you had when your parents were together right. to your new life. Right. Mm-hmm. And how did you cross over? Well, hopefully you had, you know. Yeah. And know, I think I, it was a lot of denial at first. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, like it's it, like I remember the initial reaction when my parents told me that they were getting divorced. I was like, no, like. <laughs> What can I do to fix your relationship? And like mm. you, like you want to do everything in your power to keep that picture of what your yeah. ideal life was like together. But 
in reality, like there's nothing that you can do. It's out of your control. And you kind of, I think it's like the first, I don't know if the first step is literally letting go, but it seems like that's kind of like the first step that I had to take is like, okay, that's no longer what life is like now. How can I take what I have now and move forward? That's right. You have to reconcile. Like yeah, you have to. There's an expectation of how things are going to be, yeah. and then you're hit with a you're hit with a curveball, and now things will not be like that. And you have to reconcile the fact that yeah. things will be different. Life and, pre the <coughs> big event, and then life yeah. post the big event, and they're two yeah. separate lives. Yeah. What was what was that like for you? Well, yeah. So now you know, yeah, we came back from the queue, and I had like the two boys. It's a bit of a blur because I was, I mean, I was just so tired back then but at the same time like if I look back now that's the time I had with Tommy you know mm-hmm. um, I look back at it and it's <clears throat> even though it's like oh my god all those hospital trips and everything else I mean it was he was so sick like all the time um, like not at the end like the last six months were like he was so you know it was better he was better he was th- thriving mm. um, but um, yeah it's funny like now it's funny in look back, like now I can totally like do like in hindsight, this yeah. but like when I was in it, it was like, I was just so absorbed in my own, you know? Um, and I, I reflect a lot on that in my writings, how like I thought I appreciated life. And I mean, we're all yoga teachers. Like my practice with like being grateful is like, like I write down my stuff like every day, like I'm grateful for this and that. And I really like try to land with, you know, who I am. And I was like, you know, I thought, you know, I did that. And then Tommy passed and I was like, no, I, you know, I really wasn't there all that mm. much, you know? And mm. I kind of, um, yeah, did but I feel, mean, it's, it was so intense. Did yeah. you, um, did you, did you have a sense because of all the issues that Tommy had? Did you, did you, were you, were you conscious of a, of, of your, of the time that, that you spent with him? Like, was that, was that something that was, that was front of mind that Ooh. you wanted to, you wanted to absorb like every, every bit of this child because of the, the complications? I mean, obviously. Well, you're, of, yeah. I mean, of course, like, you know, he, I mean, every child is special, like yeah. whether they, they're disabled or not. I mean, is that, can you say that? Is you can say disabled. You're French. I know. I can say whatever I want. Yeah. Um, pneumonia. We're with you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I mean, I, you know, I did savor that time, but I think when he passed, you know, I was like, I could have savored it more. Yeah. I mean, I think you're Um, always going to think, you're always going to think that. I don't, I don't know if you, because I, I mean, at least the way that I've always been is when you do something, when I, whenever I do something really well. I'm always conscious of the bit more that I could have done. Um, and I think that I think that you would I think that you would feel that way no matter what. But at the same time, I feel I did the most that I could with what I had, Ooh. like with the tools that I had at, at that moment. You yeah, know? And, and we take things for like you're you take things for granted if you have yeah. like I yeah. did, did Isaiah ever have any issues or was he kind no of like he was like Isaiah's like picture of help and everything. Um, but not just that, and I think uh, just to go back to Brian and like the separation of his parents, it's like um, like I think I placed a lot of worth on having to like my, how can I say this? Like I had two babies and 
like it was almost an identity crisis when Tommy passed because I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like I felt less than because I had lost mm. a baby. Like I had two and now I had one and that made me less than somehow. Did you feel like, um, like you lost a part of yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, yeah. <clears throat> Which um, you did, you know, like you did. And that's why it hurts so much, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's literally like part of yourself. But anyway, so to go back... So Tommy passed away like of a seizure, basically from <clears throat> the shunt, from the operation. Yeah. I don't know if you guys knew that. I, I didn't know exactly I didn't know. how. Um, I knew so that yeah, he passed away like really suddenly. I was like drinking a Keats, I think watching TV. It was a Saturday night. I was bouncing him and like he had been sick um, and he had a seizure like right in front of me. Um, and then we called the ambulance. And to this day, like the sirens and stuff, I was just like... You know, mm-hmm. and it, it was really like an out of body experience. And I think grief can really be uh, experienced like that. Like, that's not me. Like, that's yeah. not my life. Like, I'm not. Yeah. And I feel you, like, you, all of you, but even you, let's say, like, you know, when you're in the hospital, I think I heard you had this, like, stomach thing. Do yeah. you remember? Yeah. yeah. But, like, you're in the emergency room and it's almost like you're having an out of body experience. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I remember, anyways, there's and, all and kinds of... And looking back on it, too, it, it feels back, that way yeah, as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when, Brandon, um, when Brandon passed, that's, like, that's, my, that's my most visceral experience of, of grief. Yeah, um, Because I've lost people, but um, mostly, you know, when Mary Beth passed away when we were in high school, like, I was really too young to even really mm-hmm. understand. And I wasn't super close with Mary Beth. She was, like, an acquaintance through school and stuff. You know, we hung out every now and again. And then... You know, you're, when your when your grandparents die, it's sort of different because they're older, and and yeah. you you're sort of you sort of come up with this idea that they pass away before you do. So like, there's an expectation around around death there. But when Brandon passed away, that feeling I remember being in being in the car, and I think you called me, mm-hmm. I believe, Brian, yeah. and um, and it was very out of, out of body yeah. where. For a moment, I was actually on my way to teach a private class to a to a group of employees at a company, and Brian said that. And I honestly, I think I said to Brian, "Sorry, I like I can't, I can't do, do that, deal with that right now because I have to go teach this class." Yeah. And, it, and it took, and I mean, you know, you were probably like, "What?" <laughs> and, and well, uh, honestly, I was like. I, I knew that you weren't going to go teach that class yeah, because I, I knew how I felt when I and I was like, okay, you deal with that how you need to deal yeah. with it right now. But and as soon as I hung up the phone, I just burst <clears throat> into tears and like it was a total a total removal of who I've always identified as. Like you just break down into this like raw like it's like totally. But it it is like that. Like grief is like almost like a fragmented piece. Mm. Like um. Yeah, and you have to bring it back. When you brought it back, like when you hung up the phone, you brought it back, and then you were like, you got to feel what you got to feel, yeah. you know? And then um, you absorb that, and then like the shift the, and the change. But the body, like first reaction is to close off. Oh, to yeah. completely, Big right? Time. Yeah. Like, oh, it. that, I need to put, I, I'll deal with that yeah. after I tick off my schedule like today, which is obviously not how, how what, what ended up <laughs> happening, but like you feel like, you just need to. Go, I just. This is too yeah. much right now. Yeah. But like in the in your case, <clears throat> Estelle, yeah. you um, <clears throat> what you went through is very, uh, very intense. In that it it was all happening literally in your your hands. It was all happening right in front of you. Um, and I I can't I cannot imagine. But you can though. No, I can't. I, I honestly can't. 
I really can't Jeremy, imagine. Jeremy, you can. Still, I can't. But if you, I can't. Like I'm, I'm, I can, I can put myself. I can't. I can put myself there and think about Brandon. It still fucking hurts. Like I'll, I'll never forget that moment when you called me. I was also in the car. I was on my way to the airport when you called me and told me. And I'll never forget that. And it was, it was really like, it was really tough. But I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know that that's how Tommy died. And <clears throat> where I was trying to go with that was, um, uh, sorry. I, I. Maybe I can imagine how hard that would be. (laughs) Maybe I can. But I don't want to. And because it's so, it's so, like, unfathomably hard to think about. It's just so crazy to think about. And you you sit, you're sitting here and you're so, you're so fucking strong. It's, it's just the most, most beautiful thing. But I, I want. But I know. feel like strength to strength. Like yeah. I see you, yeah. and like you're dealing with your own shit. Mm-hmm. Can I imagine? Like, can I know what cystic fibrosis mm-hmm. is? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> but can I imagine living with something chronic? Uh, yeah, I mm-hmm. live. I live with san- chronic sadness, yeah. sadness in me. Well, right? I, w- I want. To, I want and to know if, if that experience, like. How did that? How did that experience affect you? Aside from grief, but I like, just and I, I just want to say why I said that though, Jeremy. Not because I wanted you to cry. No, I know. But because I, when people say like I can't imagine what you're going through, like people say that mm-hmm. all the time, yeah, and course. I I've said that all the time. I don't say that all the time because yes, we we can all imagine feeling sad. We can mm. all imagine feeling lost. We can all imagine feeling confused. The question is, do we want to go there? Mm, yeah. It's also and, a very isolating wait, statement to yeah. say I can't imagine it removes well it are. removes mm. it removes you from that person. Yeah. I, I can't stand it anymore. Yeah. But like, and that's uh, that's honestly, you're right. And it, it is, it is, it's I don't want to go there. Like I I I left I don't think I don't know if you know this. I left Tommy's funeral oh my god i left i left midway jer i I just couldn't i couldn't do it but you know what though um i my the funeral was such a blur and i'll always remember but i always i always remember i look back and i saw you like completely I was losing my mind and you were completely losing it and I was like and I couldn't feel like I was completely like out of body I was like what is going on but I saw you and it was so beautiful like now I mean I see crying like it's so beautiful like sadness is as beautiful and I feel and that's why I got to learn through like Mm. writing and all this stuff that I do now is that the more you look at it the more you realize like grief is so close to like feeling alive. Mm, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like grief and love, they're like they're like sisters. Mm-hmm. And um and it's actually like m- like you're so close to, to your own shit like every mm-hmm. day. And maybe that's why like you feel so much. Maybe. And yeah. I don't know. But I, I and I wanna thank you for that because like that's like one of the only thing. Like I re- I remember looking back and be like 
like that's how I feel, but I couldn't, I couldn't feel couldn't it. Like I, it. Yeah. um, and it took me a long time. Like it took me like, I mean, I was crying and stuff, but I felt I was like an actor. Mm, it was yeah. really weird. I felt yeah. like I was like an imposter for like a long like, did time. Did you feel you were, you were saving um, face for other, like, were you, did you feel like you were doing everybody a favor? <clears throat> like you were trying to so, hold space so that so that and everybody that's else important was okay. to mention because like Scott and I we we'd have like Scott would love to talk to people on the phone and he was like I wouldn't like pick up anything like I didn't want to check my Facebook like I didn't want you know mm. I I couldn't I was like I can't I can't right now like I just you don't want to be under the covers and but Scott was like no it feels really good like he he mm-hmm. really wanted to connect like people f- from the woodwork would like you know call us and he would pick I couldn't believe it like he would pick up and like talk and that was his way um and for me it was really like I'd say like two or three weeks after when like everybody was gone like all the family was gone and all you know we weren't getting meals at our door every day and stuff and and as I was at daycare or something and like I sat alone in my house and I was like okay Really like okay, I'm gonna have to live with this like mm-hmm. all my life, mm-hmm. and um, but it's it was did, a conscious did, decision to well, you know, so right from the get go though, <laughs> even though like I and I I swear guys like I like Tommy passed away like September eighth, and I think I went to Taylor's class like the next day or something, like I knew what I had to do, mm. like and I I can't, I know like. When Tommy passed like the next day and I was like, I, yeah, I felt tight and numb and grow and like you so in pain, you know, and it's like not just like it's psychic pain, you know, mm-hmm. it's like physical and just so. But and I kept saying like, like, thank God, thank God I have my yoga practice. Thank yeah. God I have my mm-hmm. art practice because if not, like, like I'd want to kill myself mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. like for you know, I, I don't know what I do. You need the out there. You need the outlet to to some way to continue being like. Well, it's a, like you a said part really, of who you a part of who you really. You are. said it when you were, when she was like, "What does the word come to mind when you say grief?" Is process. Mm. Like you don't have that outlet to process yeah. it. And I like oh, unfold. Yeah. I like process. I like the word unfold too, mm-hmm. like because it's it's slow work. Like it's slow work. Like grief work when you really you're like I'm gonna really look at, at what's going on here. Um, you know whether it be for me, I was talking about ambulance here, and like what if mm-hmm. I put myself in the room and like the ambulance, like you know, um, mm-hmm. like. But it's at the same time, it's like grief work. It's like it's soul work. Yeah. Like I don't want to get too deep on you guys, no, but no, it's like yeah, it's, yeah. Um, you know, and and anyways, there's so there's so much. He was, you know, Tommy. Now, I mean, he's such a he's a little mm. teacher for me. You know, like, it's and, it's a um, it's a really um, uh, oh, what was the thought process? It's a really it's a really really clear look at who who we are like really because uh, you know what i mean like in the way that we go through our day to day and you know we alluded you alluded to this before where you know all these things like when the yoga, the yoga studio drama it's like well to to some people like that's what's important right there but you're going through this which is which everybody everybody can unanimously agree, I, and it was so, much, so clear. Yeah. And it's like those things; so many other things cease to matter 
when something like really, really important and heavy or uh, grand is happening in your yeah. life. And, you know, Brian and I, I felt the same way when you and I, uh, Brian and I went through a pretty crazy experience recently where we found a dude in, um, in the Calgary airport who had overdosed on heroin and, um, he was, he was not breathing and on the floor and we, we did CPR on him for 20 minutes and he, we, as best we know he lived, but it was like a really crazy experience. Were you there? No, I was there. uh, No, I was in uh, Vancouver. And, um, and when we, right after it happened, we had to go get on a plane, like, 10 minutes later and we were sitting at the gate and you see everybody going about their day to day, like, like, you know, being, you know, upset that the plane's not on time and, and, you know, rushing to get their drinks before they get on the plane, whatever it is. And you're going, wow, like you guys have no idea that like some real shit just happened. That is so, so much more important than the plane being delayed. But you know, that you don't know that. And it's not, it's okay that you don't know that because you weren't in that experience. But it's such a a real look at who you are at your core, yeah. like and you have to you re, you realize in that in the moments in the moments that you are going through that you you're able you're able to really as as shitty of a thing as it is to be put in the place where you where you are looking at life in this very raw context. And it's so it's so clear then. And I, I do think like people, like all the people that come to your podcast guys, like they they have that sense of like this urgency of like now. Mm-hmm. And like what you know, it makes you look at life like so um you know like like too like my life is like a big deal, you know? Um and uh and yeah and like it's almost like how can you keep that going? Because it's almost as if the flip, flicker kind of, you know, you guys live that. And then there's like the adrenaline rush and all that. And then you go back to your day to day. And then yeah. it's like, you know, um, and too, like I do believe and I've learned so much, you know, um, like I'd go to Superstore and I'd be like, how can people live their life? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I was like, and uh, and. And and I I get there's like a time and place for everything too you know, and it's, I guess it's that idea that like you know like you don't know what people are going through and that's like that's why I think one of the most valuable life lessons that I've ever learned is like treat everybody with kindness and like don't just think of it in a cliche way like be actually genuinely nice yeah. to everybody because like the more like you're you you're going to meet people who are going through super intense shit or have just come from like a traumatic experience like you meet people like that well, thing every about it. day just said that she went to yoga the day after right <laughs> man the day after <clears throat> How and I think like people, people had this, you were like, what are you doing here? I was like, totally. I don't know what else I should be yeah, doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, and even though like I couldn't feel like any, anything, like I wasn't processing anything at this point. And I feel like most of, cause we're all yoga teachers, like most of our yoga practice is like that. You kind of just go in the room and you come back and then sometimes it's like, oh yeah, you're like really in the flow. And then you have, do you guys feel that? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was like, I, and now it's like, oh my God, I, I taught myself that, you know, like I had the connections were already there. So then shit hit the fan and I was like, I wasn't left. Like I wasn't like 
grabbing drugs or whatever, you know, I wasn't like, did, okay, you, I was did gonna... you use anything else though? Like, and I don't mean advices, but like, did you, did you go to a therapist? Did you like, were there any other tools at your disposal that you uh, used to get through that, that, to process all of that? Oh yes. Uh, journal art. writing art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Journaling. Um, Wine, <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, no, but uh, and actually, actually, you know, like I yes, in moderation. But oh, were you um, seeing a therapist? Were you speak? Were you seeing? No, any but now I see a therapist now. Yeah, but um, no, I wasn't seeing a therapist, and uh, but but you know, and so many. So, so now, what's happening? Just because of. So I wrote the grief project, which is on my website, and um, what it's is like your website? EstelleThompson.com. MyName.com. Go see it. Go check it out. StellTompson.com. <laughs> but, and, and you know, now the CBC did a documentary on the grief project. That's right. Um, yeah, that's right. But, so because of all that, like, people reach out to me and be like, tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, so, and I'm sure that happens with you guys too, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually have this page on my website now, and um, and I call it, it's like a toolkit for transitions. Um and, you know, because my jam is like art and yoga, um, you know, I do little tools that you can use, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, just pausing and breathing in your feet. We've been talking about how it's like, you know, an out-of-body experience, like sit your butt down and Feel breathe in your feet, planted, like not in yeah. your chest, not mm-hmm. in your throat, in your feet. Mm-hmm. Done. Five minutes, you know, and most of, um, even most of my art classes now, I call them like mindful art. It's like... Sit your butt down and paint for like mm. five minutes, and usually five minutes turn into more probably. Mm. But as long as you have five minutes, you know. One thing I, I am curious about is how how that grief affected your relationship, because I know I you know I, I know that it's it is common that oftentimes couples don't don't stay together after yeah. the loss of a child, um, or the or the you know the sudden loss of a child. Um, was that how how much of a toll did that take on you guys and 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 like what was that process yeah, like? I mean um I mean Scott and I had been together for a long time back then and um you know what it brought us closer yeah <laughs> for us anyways but we had so many people like mm. tell I couldn't believe like people telling us like you gotta watch out you know mm. and all that I was yeah. like Sh- <laughs> you know, I was like, we're just doing every day. And, and I, I know like, um, and just really respectful how the other people had to cope, you know, like, you know, I had to, you know, make sure I had my practice in and this, you know, and my rituals and, and, and Scott goes surfing. And if you mm. ask any surfer what they feel like when they surf, it's freedom, mm. basically, it's the same, basically the <laughs> same thing that you're yeah. looking for when you do yoga, moksha, liberation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it, it's these fleeting moment, I think that brings you back. And I, I, you know, I don't know if you guys watched a good documentary. Did you watch it? I haven't Not seen it. Yet. I was supposed to be there that um, night. Oh, when yeah. they screened it the same night the as same. Sick Boy, but I uh, uh, we had we had taken off. We were we were on PEI. Mm. Yeah, that was cool. yeah. I saw you guys documentary, and then yeah. um, but I I speak about that like you know you got to carve time to and I talk about um, you know to do what you love, mm-hmm. and I talk about like grief being like I mean I talk about it being a garden, but like like Jared like five minutes a day like 
tend to your grief, whatever that is mm-hmm. like for you, you know, and it's hard. It's hard because, yeah. you know, all these emotions like boil, boil up and, mm-hmm. you know, but we were so distant from my, from our emotions. What's you know? so funny though is like, so I, like I, I've noticed this about myself over the last, oh God, whatever, 15, 15 or 20 years where the, the idea of grieving over somebody else is is just so overwhelmingly challenging for me like i like i like the way that i i was at that funeral i get that i i've been that way i've been that way at at, at countless funerals yeah. i just i lose it I, I lose myself in it but i spend so much time being so cool and like open and about talking about my own death. Like it's, it's such a, I just, it feels so selfish. But also your expectation is that other people <laughs> that your loved ones won't respond like you do at yeah, funerals. Exactly. But, but you yeah. know what though? Grief is not personal. Like grief is a communal yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, and that's another, um, you know, so we've talked about like, let's say grieving the life you were supposed to have or mm-hmm. whatever. But another thing we never take into consideration in our culture is that, you know, I think about like accidents that happen or in just in our community, like, you know, when your friend Brenda died, like, Mm -hmm. you know, people close to him were grieving, but like the sick boy community was grieving too. Absolutely. Or like, you know, when 9-11 happened or like when the Broncos like bus crash, like Mm -hmm. as a mother, you're just like, Mm -hmm. you carry that that with you too mm-hmm. like so it's almost like you carry like you know this it's like the sorrows of the world like mm-hmm. on this i mean i don't want to get too far but like people never we never highlight that mm-hmm. you know we think of grief and it's like oh losing someone you love it's like no there's so much more to it mm-hmm. you know and to honor that like to like sometimes you know i feel you wake up you like feel funky and you're like you don't even know why one like, of the there's most, no reasons right now why I should, one of the you most know? powerful experiences i've ever had in a yoga class was uh, um at a the end of a moksha class when i first started practicing um there was a tsunami in japan and uh we did uh chanted three ohms at the end of class to send our energy to the people of Japan. And it was like my first experience kind of being open to the idea that that was the thing. And I just remember being like overcome with like my whole body just felt like, like electric. And it was like in that moment, that was one of the first moments where I was like, I need to like explore this yoga thing a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, I love that, yeah, you know? and because a, that we carry that too with us, you mm-hmm. know. Not just that, we carry with our gender, like our parents carried our mm. grandma. Like nobody ever mentions that, you know. Like uh, I had a student, like because now I do like all kinds of workshops on, you know, yoga for transitions and all that, and work with women, like, and just my work for prenatal and postnatal care, but um. What, okay, what, what, but what, what was what, it what, like? What? what was that moment when, I mean, like everybody, yeah. so let's go back to when everybody has kind of left after oh, yeah. the, the funeral and things kind of calm down and you're left now to like kind of figure out your new story and yeah. your transition. Yeah. Like what was that moment like and how did it go from you being like engulfed in this kind of sadness and then understanding how your life was going to move forward from well from I there. didn't know 
I didn't know. Was there was like there. a was was there something that you connected with initially that kind of started you down this path of like ex- exploring? Yeah, I mean, how to I, get through grief so yeah, or manage so grief? basically. Like, yeah, I was like, okay, so I'm going to have to live with this my whole life, just like anybody, you know. You know, how can I do this with ease and grace? And for me, you know, it's painting every day. It's doing Mm -hmm. yoga every day. Um, So I knew that that was the work. When did you start sharing it? Like right away, which... Mm -hmm. um, there was like a thing on Instagram, some kind of, it wasn't a challenge, but it was called capture your grief. And so there was like a prompt every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, and so Tommy died September 8th. Um, and that was like 30 day, like a writing thing. So that's what really propelled me. And if you look back at the entries, like I used to do like day 34, day 35, like it was like literally every day. And it wasn't just writing, like it was like quotes and just like, visual imagery and like, you know, painting. And I mean, um, yeah. And it just taught me to like follow my obsessions. Do you, and do you ever follow. go back and read some of those things? That you yeah. Well, I had to when yeah. I, cause I, I, I wrote all the scripts for the CBC documentary. So there are like seven episodes and every episode has kind of like a theme to it. And so, you know, I had to write the scripts for it. And um, <clears throat> I, yeah, so I had to go back. What was and, yeah, it like going back? Yeah, it was really those? raw. I was like, I can't believe I shared this. Like, it was really <laughs> raw. Like it felt really raw. That when they go back and read their journals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I um, But at the same time, and like just, and too, sometimes I go back to comments and um, I mean, it's so like, and I think like, um, you know, it, there's, when you share grief and stuff like what, let's say stuff that I felt like guilty or shamed about even like it lost its power when I shared it. And really early on, I really like, it made me feel good to share, even though it was like, it was hard and I felt like super exposed and vulnerable. And, um, like I just felt lighter, you know? Um, and we know we talk about that in yoga all the time where, like, you know, you're lying down and you're like, feel how heavy you are, you know, and go to that heaviness because, you know, ultimately, you know, if you follow what's heavy, like it becomes, it's light really, you know, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Um, and, you know, to go, t- so that's what I was doing really. I was like writing about, and you know what? I made sure, like I feel in what I wrote that I've always wanted to, people read and feel uplifted and that's another real big goal about the documentary was like <clears throat> like I don't want people to like feel completely depressed like after yeah. and uh, I'm really proud of it I think you know um because my experience of grief hasn't been like that actually quite the opposite like I feel I um you know now I I don't know. I really want to live my life like full mm. and big and mm-hmm. bold. Like I'm, t- you know, I don't want to apologize for like who I am. And, and I'm, I'm that's, and that's the gift Tommy gave me, mm-hmm. you know, he gave me that. And like for that, it's like, I had like, you know, <clears throat> I like to live by his world. Mm. I don't know. Well, I feel like this is a good segue into asking you, um, out of, out of this entire experience, uh, what would you say is the biggest thing that it's that it's taken away from you? 
Taking away or taken in? Taken away. Like, what, what do you think is the biggest thing that this experience has taken from you? Nothing. I think it's given me more. Then that's the second question. <laughs> what do you think is the biggest thing it's given you? More presence. More, mm-hmm. like, urgency to, to live my life today. Like, mm-hmm. to not, you know, to not wait. Um. I, I don't want to look back and be like, you know, my unlived life. Like, I want to live my life now mm-hmm. because, like, Tommy did that. Like, I know he was just a baby, but, like, he was sick and came back home and he was always just so, like, content. And, like, you look back, he was, like, smiling. And I think your mom, Taylor, would always say that. Like, she would hold him and, like, you just look and, like, just smile at you. And, like, that's really what, like... And he was sick and he did that. And you do that, Jeremy. Like you, you know, like even though like you could decide, you could decide to not, but you live your life the fullest because you don't know. And and that's the gift I, I feel has like sick people or people with ailments or people going through things. Like we have that gift to, you know, uplift. And, mm. and um, you know, and I love what you said about being kind, you know. It's like you don't know what people go through and um, to, to look and listen. You know, one of the big thing I've learned is that like I would get in the room and like nobody would look at me mm-hmm. like right after Tommy died. Mm-hmm. Like people and I brought like nobody knew how to act around me yeah. anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like a, there's a separation. It's like, it, was like you know, it kind of goes back to the, the common, the common uh, comment of I can't imagine what you're going through. And, and that, because when you can't imagine what someone's going through, you are separate from That's them. Right. And it's like, well, I can't relate to you right now because you've gone through this thing that I can't put myself in those shoes. So I don't know how to And I keep saying like, you can, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I know. And it's hard because people don't want to go there, right? Yeah. Like I, I would get like people didn't want to, like, let's say like, you know, watch my documentary because like basically they don't want to feel that, you know? Yeah. But another thing I learned is that, you know, your pain is a bottom, mm. you know? Like I think I feel sometimes like we don't we don't want to go there because then I'll just go nuts. Like mm-hmm. I basically like, mm-hmm. you know, but you won't like you'll realize. And I feel that's what my art practice really, you know, I was really able to and like my pain does have a bottom, you know, mm-hmm. and if I, if I can go there like almost like over and over again, then it's like it's not as scary anymore. Yeah, so it's right. almost as if like it's warm and. Mm. Um, and I, I can carry it like better, you know, yeah, like exposure. You, mm-hmm. I mean, if you, something that we've, we've asked, um, we've asked doctors is like, do you, is it, does it ever get easier to tell somebody that they are going to die or that they have this, they have something that's going to like totally affect their, their lives in a really bad, in a really bad way with an illness. And it's like, it doesn't get, it never gets easy, but it gets easier each time you get more familiar with it, you get more, you get more comfortable with it. It's always a challenge and going to that, going to that pain, I'm sure is always, is always a challenging, but it shows you that you're, I mean, you're obviously, it's a, you're more human then than when you, than when you, than when you choose to not feel it. Yeah. Um, and, and you, you glean something from it. You learn something from that, absolutely. from that every time. Yep. Absolutely. 
So thank you for this. I, I when you sent that email to come in and chat with us, I was I I felt so uh, I just felt so grateful that you wanted to take time to come in and sit down and share your experience. Because it's very clear, I think, to anyone who listens to this. I mean, it's super clear sitting here and seeing you. I mean, it's 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 one thing to hear it, but to like see you speak this way is um, it's just it's so uh, it is it's uplifting. It really is uplifting, and I I just think that the these conversations, like we were saying earlier, like we're not having them. People aren't having them. This is. I'm glad that this is going to exist here on this platform because I think people uh, will really take a lot from it. Uh, I'm. I'm glad too. Thanks so much for for having me. It's a, I, I'm so proud of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. And um, if anybody's looking, like my website is my name dot com um, and then to look at that toolkit, and I have like book recommendations and mm. all on grief and. Um, and, you know, if somebody close to you is going through something, like, just look at them. Don't even hug them. Just mm-hmm. like, just look at them and, you know, just listen. I think, um, and, uh, and to, you know, uh, in the documentary, just one last thing, I talk about um, um, small daily acts of bravery, you know. And, you know, to look at something, you don't want to look for, like, five minutes. Just like, just do it like something mm-hmm. every day. Then it's like, you know, what's that quote? Like the, the same emotion that breaks your heart is like the one that like heals your heart or something. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it is, you know, mm-hmm. um, and to do that and you're literally like re-educating and re, you know, just learning how to be a human and connect and mm-hmm. be close and like gather all these like unloved parts of who you are back so that you can feel whole and alive mm. and free free <laughs> is is the doc available online yet yes it's on my website and it's on the cbc if you just uh type my name okay. and it show and it comes up and it you can watch it full length is uh, 30 minutes and you can watch it by episodes there's seven episodes okay we'll uh we'll put the uh, all the links in the yeah description we'll, for this yeah and um we'll i'm kind of glad i'm kind of glad they did episodes because i i can I, I can understand how somebody you know would be a lot to a watch lot, like yeah. 30 minutes yeah. um but it you know you can watch one and then kind of digest it and that's actually how they the whole month in november like they were posting <clears> two a week so you could watch it and kind of digest it because mm. they all have like a theme and um it's either one like i'm doing yoga or painting or anyways and um yeah and the first quote of the documentary is from the tragically hip you know um no dress rehearsal this is your life Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and i feel you guys all of that you know it's like and we need to be reminded and the yoga and art for me like that they i get reminded every day when i do it you know this is my life Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um yeah thank you so much thank you and thank, thank you. you all so much for tuning in. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And we'll be back next week, as we always are. 
And in the meantime, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review, and hit the subscribe button. And we tell you to do it every week, and you're all doing it, and it's great. And we appreciate you for doing that. Um, <clears throat> and we also appreciate appreciate all you people who are supporting us on Patreon. Yeah, you can go over to patreon.com slash sickboy if you want to support us. It helps us go to new cities, talk to new people, uh, tell great stories and meaningful stories. So we appreciate all of you who help us do that. And if you'd like to, again, it is patreon.com slash sickboy. And thank you to Donovan Morgan for the incredible sound design on this podcast. Uh, Donovan, you are a legend. Um, thank you for making it feel like we were on a safari. <laughs> Why do you um, always resort to safari? We were yeah. on a yeah. safari last week. We were always on safaris. <laughs> Choose something different. What's wrong with safaris? Diamond, thanks for letting us sound like we are in the void of space. You know what, Go guys? get a pedicure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually I'm going on safari not, not too long, so I will capture the sound of what it's like to be on safari, and I will insert it into the show. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Just for uh, Brian. And thanks to... Uh, the band formerly known as Take Part for the theme music of this show. They're all, uh, also not Florida Man uh, anymore. Oh, what? Really? They lasted of, for like two weeks. Yeah, they were Florida Man for a while. There's but then copyright there's a copyright There's a conflict. There's another Florida Man band. Fuck off. There's another Florida Man, and apparently <laughs> they took LSD and ran into a school naked or some shit like that. So, Oh, that's yeah. bad. Yeah, don't don't yeah. be those guys. So uh, do we know what their new name is? No, uh, they're, no. In, they're in between names. <laughs> But the band uh, formerly known as Take Part, Take Part, and Florida Man. Dot Bandcamp. Dot com. Um, Just go and, there. And Don't go thanks. to the other one. That's horrible. And uh, as always, thanks for the amazing <laughs> reviews that we get on this podcast. Um, so you got one there. I, I don't have a. Can you bring up one? Uh, no, we'll do it on next. Yeah, on the next, episode. On the next episode. Okay. Well, well, I have a five star one. Um, oh, you're you're gonna read some praise? Here, I got one for you, Bray. Can I got you one sort by? Really uh, yeah, I got one. Sort by most critical. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, okay, wait, hard cut. Um, and thanks to uh, thanks for this person who wrote out. Jer- Jeremy, do you want to read the uh, advice that we got? Yeah, sure. Uh, this I one, mean, review. <laughs> sure. This one comes from uh, someone whose name I won't mention. Um, Why not? We'll just say, well, no, I don't want to throw people under the bus. They don't like our show. It's okay. Uh, here's a here's a really wonderful uh, negative review for our podcast. I just finished listening to the anorexia episode. I challenge you to listen to it yourself and honestly say you listened to your guest. <laughs> it's really funny. It's while we were having this conversation with Estelle, I was like. I was like, wow, we really we interrupt Estelle a lot. You interrupt her, spoke over her, lectured her, and generally gave her so little airtime, it was almost a joke. <laughs> Can I do it? Um, Ironically, you opened you, you the show sin. telling people to consider Bell Let's Talk and to listen <clears throat> to someone. Man, this could have been an interesting show if you could have stopped talking long enough to hear what she had to say. Uh, <clears throat> so thank you, thank you for that review. If you have a scathing <laughs> review, you can go to applepodcast.com. And, uh, and, well, it's not even a fucking website. And you know what? We'll take that into consideration. Yeah, we will. Yeah. We will. And, uh, and that's it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy. Estelle. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.